The Wonderful Ring, An East Indian Story, by Catherine Pyle. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. There was once a king who had two sons. The elder was a very stingy prince. He would neither give nor lend to anyone. The younger, on the contrary, was a waster who could never say no to anyone and spent all he had without ever taking thought of the morrow. In time, the old king died, leaving everything he had to his sons without making any division between them. The elder was very much dissatisfied with this arrangement. Come, he said to his brother, let us divide between us what our father left. Then you can squander your share as you please, but I intend to save mine, for I have no idea of being brought to poverty. The younger brother readily agreed to this. They divided the inheritance between them, but somehow, in the division, the elder one seemed to get the best of everything. The younger did not quarrel over that, however. After that they separated and each one lived his own life as he wished. The elder saved and hoarded as was his nature, and grew richer every day. But the younger spent with a free hand, and denied neither himself nor his friends anything. After a while the younger prince had spent all he had, and then he journeyed to the palace where his elder brother lived to ask help of him. The older prince was but ill-pleased to see him. So, you have already wasted all your money, said he. I knew it would be so. This one time I will help you, because you are the son of our father, but in return you must promise you will never come here again to trouble me. The young prince was obliged to agree to this, and the elder then gave him four pieces of golden money, no more, no less. With this the young prince was obliged to be content, though it was little enough to live on. He went away from his brother's palace, and he had not journeyed far when he met a man carrying a cat, and the cat was so thin and miserable looking that it was pitiful. Is your cat for sale? asked the prince. Yes, it is, answered the man. And what is the price of it? I can only sell it for gold, for it is a very fine cat. Very well, said the prince, I will buy it. And he paid the man one of the pieces of money his brother had given him. He went a little farther on, and he met a man with a dog, and the dog was no less miserable looking than the cat. The prince felt pity for it. Is your dog for sale? he asked. Yes, I will sell it. How much do you ask for it? I will sell it for a piece of gold money. The prince gave the man a second of his pieces of money and took the dog in exchange. A little while after he saw a merchant with a parrot, and then a fakir with a snake, and both of these creatures he also bought because he thought they looked as though they were ill-treated, and now his money was all gone. "'My poor friends,' said the prince, "'I had meant to do you a good turn by buying you, but now I have no food for either myself or you. It seems you are worse off than ever.' "'Do not let that trouble you, dear prince,' said the snake. "'My father, who lives over in the jungle beyond the city, is the king and ruler over all the serpents. He is very rich and powerful.' Let us go to him, and he will gladly reward you for saving me from the fakir, for he was a very cruel man. This advice sounded good to the prince. He at once set out into the jungle, and the snake directed him which way to go. The dog and the cat followed close behind, and the parrot fluttered from branch to branch overhead. 
after travelling for some time the prince and his companions came to a great heap of ruins and here the snake bade them pause this is where my father lives says he do you wait here while i go forward and prepare him for your visit if you came upon him suddenly he might strike you before i had time to tell him who you were and you might die very well said the prince do you go and i and the others will wait here until you return the snake at once slipped away among the ruins and it was not long before he returned my father will now see you he said he is very grateful to you for saving me from the fakir and will offer to reward you with all sorts of treasures but you must refuse them ask him for the little old ring he wears and take nothing else for it is worth more than all the rest of his riches put together the prince promised to do as the snake bade him and then followed it through the ruins until they came to the large gilded and painted chamber where the serpent king lived this serpent king was of enormous size and wore a golden crown upon his head after he had heard his son's story he made the prince welcome and began to thank him for what he had done for his son you have saved him from a miserable life said he i am not ungrateful and i intend to reward you in my treasure chamber are riches beyond all dreaming take as much of them as you choose i grudge you nothing and there is nothing you can ask of me that i will not give you i thank you answered the prince but i have no need of treasures and it was from pity that i bought your son and not for a reward nevertheless i wish to show my gratitude said the serpent king i beg of you to help yourself to my treasures gold or jewels i care not how much you take again the prince refused indeed i am in need of nothing then for the third time the serpent king urged him to accept some reward very well said the prince at last i see you will not be content unless i take something from you so give me that little old ring you wear as a token of friendship between us when the serpent king heard this he was furious and hissed so loudly that the prince trembled with fear who has told you to ask for the ring of fortune he cried all the rest of my treasures are as nothing beside this and if i had not promised you whatever you might ask for you should never have it however the serpent had given his word and he was obliged to let the prince have the ring the prince slipped it on his finger and then he hastened away from the ruins for he was afraid of what the serpent king might do to him no sooner was he safely out of the jungle than he said to the snake this is a very foolish thing you have made me do i might have had enough treasure to make me rich for life and now i have nothing but this little old ring that appears to be made of very common metal and quite worthless do not judge so quickly replied the snake for that ring has very wonderful powers it is able to give you whatever you may ask for now do as i tell you and you will see the wisdom of your choice make a clean square place on the ground and plaster it over as one does in making a holy place lay the ring in the center of it and sprinkle it with sour milk then ask for anything you may wish and it will be yours this is a very strange story said the prince and i can hardly believe it still he made a holy place as the snake directed him and laid the ring in the center of it and sprinkled it with sour milk then as he was hungry he said i wish for all sorts of good things to eat and drink at once a feast appeared before him the food was of the most delicious kind the dishes were of gold and richly carved and there were napkins of the finest linen fringed and embroidered with silver the prince could hardly express his wonder and admiration you were indeed right said he to the snake 
not the greatest king in all the world possesses a treasure as great as this ring he then ate and drank to his heart's content sharing everything with his three companions after they had made an end of eating the dishes disappeared and the prince put the ring upon his finger and he and his companions journeyed on again he had no wish to return to the city where his brother lived so they travelled in an opposite direction and after a while they came to a strange country bordering on the seashore and ruled over by a very great and powerful king this king had one beautiful daughter and she was so lovely that there was not her like in all the world many princes and great rulers had sought her in marriage but the king had declared that no one should have her but he who was able to build a golden palace in the sea in one night whoever could do this should not only receive the princess in marriage but one half of the kingdom as well but whoever failed in the task should have his head cut off many had tried but none had succeeded and the king had made a necklace of the heads of those who failed and had hung it beside the castle gate as a warning to all rash adventurers but the young prince was not at all frightened by the sight of these heads he knocked boldly at the palace gates and asked to speak with the king at once the guards brought him before their master and the prince said he had come to build the golden palace for the king and that he wished to set about the matter that very night rash youth said the king have you not seen the necklace of heads that hangs beside the gateway do you value your life so little that you are willing to lose it for nothing i do not think i will lose it answered the prince i make no doubt but that i will be able to build the palace and to build it in one single night as you require very well said the king if you are determined to make the attempt i will not forbid you but you will certainly lose your head even as others have done before you the king then commanded that the prince should be taken to the seashore and that a guard should be set around him so that if he failed in the attempt he should not be allowed to escape without paying the penalty the prince however had no thought of escaping he trusted in the power of the ring and had no doubt but that as soon as he wished it the palace would appear he bade his faithful animals keep watch and rouse him just before dawning and then he spread his cloak on the ground and lay down and went quietly to sleep the guards who were set to watch him were amazed this man must wish to die they said he has not even made the first attempt to build the castle and takes no thought of how the hours of the night are slipping away just before dawning the animals awakened the prince the dog barked in his ear the cat scratched him gently the parrot pulled him by the sleeve and the snake twisted about his arm and pinched him the prince yawned and rose up stretching his arms he then set about making a square clean place as before he plastered it over and laid the ring in the centre of it he then sprinkled it with some sour milk with which he had provided himself and said i wish a golden palace to be built in the sea immediately i wish it to have golden turrets and domes and a golden stairway leading up from the water i also wish it to be furnished throughout with golden furniture and hangings and i wish it to be in every respect the most magnificent palace in all the world immediately as the prince wished the golden palace appeared in the sea and it was in every way exactly as he had asked the guards who had been set to watch him could hardly believe their eyes when they saw a golden palace arise out of the sea look look they cried most wonderful it must be a magic palace almost at the same time the king in his royal palace awakened and at once he went to the window to look out across the sea what was his amazement to see instead of the stretch of water 
a most magnificent palace with golden domes and turrets that glittered in the sun it was so very beautiful that he could not refrain from crying out with wonder and admiration he at once made haste to dress and hurried out to find the prince as soon as he came near where the prince was he began to call to him you have done what seemed impossible never before have i seen such a beautiful palace the princess and half of my kingdom are yours and gladly will i give them to you in exchange for this palace no answered the prince i have no wish for either the princess or the kingdom the golden castle is mine and i intend to live in it myself he then beckoned to a golden boat that lay beside the steps of the palace at once and with no one to row it the boat shot across the water to where the prince stood the prince stepped into it followed by his three companions and it returned to the golden steps with him and then he landed the king was greatly disappointed he now wished very much to have the prince for a son-in-law he bade his daughter to dress herself in her finest robes and her richest jewels and come with him to visit the prince the princess was not loath to do this for she wished very much to see inside the palace she dressed herself finely as her father commanded and then went with him to the palace no sooner did they come to the room where the young prince was and no sooner did he look upon the princess than he fell violently in love with her for he had never before seen such a beauty and he wished to marry her at once this pleased the king greatly the princess was quite willing for she had fallen in love with the prince even as he had with her so a feast was made ready as soon as possible and the prince and princess were married with the greatest pomp and magnificence for some time afterward the young people lived together in happiness but after a while the princess lost all her cheerfulness and became very sad and mournful the prince could not tell what ailed her one day he found her weeping my dear princess he said to her why are you so sad and mournful do you no longer love me or is there something you wish for that is lacking in our palace there is nothing lacking answered the princess and indeed i love you better every day we live together then what ails you my dear one the princess again began weeping i am weeping said she because everything you have here in the palace is golden and i wish to be golden too for that would be so beautiful oh my dear husband is there not some way by which i also may be turned to gold yes answered the prince that can easily be done and since you are no longer happy as you are i am willing to oblige you he then cleared a square place and prepared it as before and laid the ring in the centre of it and sprinkled it with sour milk i wish said he that the princess may become golden at once the princess was turned into gold every bit of her her head and body and hands and feet even her nails and hair and eyelashes became gold now are you content asked the prince oh i am so happy i can hardly contain myself but that is a very wonderful ring that you have and i am well pleased to know of its power so saying the princess went away to look at herself in a mirror and to admire her golden beauty not long after this the princess was combing her hair and three hairs caught around the comb and were pulled out it is a pity there's no poor person here in the castle to whom i can give these hairs said the princess for they are very valuable she did not wish to throw away that much gold so she took a piece of paper and made a box of it in this she coiled the three hairs and set it afloat on the sea it may be they will fall into the hands of someone who needs them thought the princess to herself 
Now a light wind was blowing, and it carried the paper box on and on over the waves, until it came to the borders of another country ruled over by another king. There the box drifted ashore, and there it was picked up by a servant from the palace close by. The servant examined the box and wondered over the golden hairs it contained. They seemed to him so very beautiful that he carried them back to the palace and showed them to the king, and the king in turn showed them to the prince, his son. No sooner did the prince see the hares than he fell desperately in love with the golden princess to whom they belonged, even though he had never seen her. I feel sure that only a princess could have such hair, said he, and that she must be the most beautiful creature in all the world, and unless I can see her and win her for a bride, I feel sure I shall die of longing. Indeed, this desire to see the princess was so great that he became very ill and not all the physicians in the kingdom were able to cure him. The king was greatly troubled. He feared the prince would indeed die with longing, as he said. He therefore sent out a proclamation that anyone who would find the princess and bring her to his palace should name his own reward. Whatever it was, it would be given him, even to half the kingdom. Now, there lived not far from there an old wise woman who was very crafty. She came to the palace and asked to see the king, and when she was brought before him, she said, O oh, king, I am willing to undertake this matter, and I feel sure I can find the princess with the golden hair and bring her to the prince. But first, I wish to make sure that in such a case I shall receive a reward as you have promised. What I have promised, I have promised, replied the king, and if you succeed in this matter, you will have whatever you ask for. Very well said the wise woman, then I will undertake it. She told the king that she would need for the adventure a golden boat with four strong rowers trained to obey every motion she made without her having to speak to them. She would also need in the boat a large cradle made of all sorts of different colored silks and silken ropes to swing it by. All these things the king gave her, and then the old woman set out in search of the princess. The rowers rowed on and on, and after a long, long time they came within sight of the golden castle, and as soon as the wise woman saw it she knew that it must be there that the princess of the golden hair lived. She made the rowers draw up the boat beside the steps, and then she hastened up the steps and went into room after room of the castle until she came to the place where the princess was sitting. As soon as she saw the princess she gave a cry of joy and ran to her and put her hands on her head, as is the custom with relatives, and then she took the princess in her arms and kissed her. The princess was very much surprised at having a strange old woman come into the palace and treat her in this way, and she tried to push her away. But the more the princess tried to push the old woman away, the closer the old woman held her. "'Oh, my dear niece!' cried she. "'Do you not know me? I am your old aunt.' "'No,' answered the princess. "'I do not know you.' and I did not know I had an aunt. What? cried the wise woman, pretending to be very much surprised. Has your father never spoken of me? No, he has not. Ah, oh, well, it is a long time since he and I parted. The old woman then told the princess a long story of how she and the princess's father were brother and sister, and of how they had played together as children and of how she had journeyed away to live in a far-off kingdom when the princess was still a very little girl. She told it so cleverly that the beauty could not but believe it, and in the end she made her pretended aunt welcome, and they sat down and talked together pleasantly. 
the pretended aunt asked the princess a great many questions about the palace and how she lived and why there were no servants to be seen anywhere we have no need of servants answered the princess because my husband has a ring that has very wonderful powers and it supplies us with everything we want he has only to ask for anything and it appears that is a very wonderful story said the wise woman and where does your husband keep his ring oh he wears it always on his hand the wise woman then asked where the young prince was and whether he were at home no he has gone hunting with my father dear aunt they often go hunting together and does he take the ring with him when he goes hunting yes it never leaves his finger except when he is working magic with it the pretended aunt shook her head that is very dangerous she said suppose something should happen to him while he is hunting and the ring should be lost that would be a great misfortune to both of you he should leave the ring at home with you and then it would be safe and you would have it here at need that is very true answered the princess i had not thought of that i will ask him to leave it with me the next time he goes hunting the wise woman was well satisfied with this and rejoiced in her heart for she believed the prince would do as the princess wished in the matter and after the princess had the ring in her possession she felt sure she could lure her away with her she and the princess sat together talking for a long time and before the prince came home the wise woman begged the princess not to tell him she was there i have many fine robes said she but they are in another boat that is following not far behind when it arrives i will dress myself in a way that is suitable and then you shall present me to the prince to this the beauty agreed and so when her husband came home she told him nothing about the visit from her pretended aunt the next day the prince was going hunting again and before he set out the princess begged him to take off the magic ring and leave it with her this he was loath to do but she entreated him so anxiously to let her keep it that at last the prince could refuse her no longer he took off the ring and placed it in her hand no sooner had the prince left the palace than the old wise woman hastened to the princess and asked her whether her husband had left the ring with her yes answered the princess here it is and i intend to put it on a ribbon and hang it about my neck so that i may not lose it that is a wise plan said the pretended aunt she then began to talk to the princess of the beautiful boat in which she had come thither and of the strong rowers and of the many-coloured cradle that hung from silken ropes and swung with every breath of wind the princess became very curious to see these fine things and the pretended aunt easily persuaded her to come down with her to the boat and to enter into it she showed the princess where the cradle was hung and while the princess was admiring it the wise woman motioned the rowers to row away from the palace steps and away across the sea and this they did the princess was so busy examining the cradle that it was some time before she noticed that they were moving onward and that the palace was far behind then she was very much surprised and troubled where are we going she asked of the wise woman i do not think my husband would like me to leave the palace i must return at once presently presently answered the pretended aunt but first lie down in the cradle and see how pleasantly it rocks with the motion of the boat mm, only for a moment then said the princess and she lay down in the cradle at once by her magic arts the wise woman threw her into a deep sleep and then she took the ring from the ribbon around the princess's neck and put it upon her own finger 
the princess slept until they arrived at the kingdom whence the wise woman had come she then aroused the princess and bade her leave the boat and follow her where are we and why have you brought me hither asked the princess i have brought you hither to marry you to one of the finest young princes in the world and one who is dying for love of you the princess was horrified i can never love any one but my own dear husband and i will always be true to him and never marry any one else the old woman obliged the princess to come with her before the king however and when he saw how very beautiful she was he was amazed he sent for his son and the young prince came in haste as soon as he saw the golden princess he wished to take her hand and tell her how he loved her but she would not allow him to touch her nor would she listen to him very well said the king i see you do not love the prince as yet but you soon will we will wait for a month and then you shall marry him whether you wish it or not it was in vain that the princess wept and entreated and implored what i have said i have said declared the king and nothing can change me the princess was then led away to the apartments prepared for her but the old wise woman kept the ring for that was the reward she demanded of the king and she would not accept anything else now while all this was happening the prince of the golden palace returned from hunting and was very much surprised not to see his princess waiting on the golden steps to greet him for this had always been her custom he called her but there was no answer he hastened from room to room of the palace searching everywhere when he could not find her he was in despair someone has stolen her he cried and surely she is lost to me forever master do not be so desperate said the parrot what are my wings for except to serve you there was an old woman who came here while you were away though you did not know it i make no doubt but that she has stolen the princess now i will fly abroad far and near and never will i return until i find her and i said puss will go with you for after you have found the princess my wit and claws may be of use to her but how will you cross the sea and how will you cross the rivers that divide the kingdoms i will also go with you said the dog and i will swim the sea and rivers for that i can do and puss shall ride on my back dry-footed to this the parrot agreed and the three set off together they journeyed on and on for a long time hither and yon until at last they came to the very kingdom to which the old woman had carried the princess and there through an upper window of the palace the parrot saw the gleam of golden hair at once he called to the dog and cat surely that is the princess sitting there at an open window do you wait and i will go and see whether it is certainly she and then i will return and tell you the parrot flew up to the palace window and lighted on the sill the princess had been weeping but when she saw him she gave a cry of joy oh my dear parrot is the prince here she cried has he come to save me no princess answered the bird he could not travel so fast and far as we so he is waiting mournfully at the golden palace for us to return give me the ring of fortune that i may carry it back to him and then he can wish you back with him again at these words the princess began to weep more bitterly than ever she told the parrot how she had been lured away and how the wise woman had stolen her ring from her while she was asleep you must manage to get the ring back into your possession said the parrot for until you have it we can do nothing that is impossible wept the princess the old woman keeps the ring in her mouth both night and day no one is allowed even so much as to see it this makes the matter more difficult said the parrot 
I will have to consult the others about it. He then flew back to where the dog and cat were waiting, and told them all the princess had said. Did I not say that you would need me? said Puss. I will manage to steal into the palace and to the chamber of the princess, and then I can arrange some way to make the old woman give up the ring. Meanwhile, do you return to the princess and hide yourself behind the curtains in her room, for I may need your help. It did not take the cat long to find a way to enter the palace, and she then slipped along the passages and up the stairways to the chamber where the princess was. The princess was no less glad to see Puss than she had been to see the parrot. The cat prowled about the room and soon found several rat holes back of the hangings. Now listen, mistress, said the cat. Today you must ask them to prepare you some boiled rice for your supper. When it is brought to you, do not eat it all. Save a portion of it and scatter it on the floor near the rat holes. Be sure to do this, for I have a plan in my head by which I hope to save you. The princess promised to do as the cat said, and when, a little later, the wise woman came to visit her, the princess asked to have rice for her supper. When the rice was brought, she ate only a little of it, and then when no one was looking, she scattered the rest of it on the floor near the rat holes. All this while the cat and the parrot remained hidden behind the curtains. That night, according to her custom, the wise woman slept in the princess's chamber. When all was still and no one waking but the guard outside the door, the rats came out from their holes and began to eat the rice the princess had scattered about. This was what Puss was waiting for. At once she pounced from behind the curtains and caught the largest and fattest of the rats. Holding it in her teeth, she climbed upon the old woman's bed and tickled the old woman's nose with the rat's tail. This made the old woman sneeze. And when she sneezed, the ring flew out of her mouth and rolled across the floor. The parrot was on the watch. It caught up the ring in its beak and flew out of the window with it, while the cat made haste to slip out of the palace the way she had come in and rejoin the dog who was waiting below. Meanwhile, the wicked old wise woman was like one distracted. The sneeze had awakened her, and as soon as she awoke, she discovered the ring was gone from her mouth. She did not know what had become of it and hunted everywhere, but she could not find it. She shook and trembled and raged against the princess, but rage as she might, it did not bring back the ring, for it was gone. The parrot flew on and on with the ring till his breath failed and his wings flagged, but by morning he was back at the golden palace. He flew through a window into the room where the prince was and dropped the ring on the table before him. When the prince saw the ring, he could hardly believe his eyes, and it seemed as though his heart would leap out of his bosom with joy. He at once prepared a square place as before and laid the ring in the center of it. He sprinkled it with sour milk and wished that his own dear princess would return to him, and at once in a twinkling there she stood before him in all her golden beauty. She and the prince fell upon each other's necks, weeping with joy, and from that time on they lived together in love and happiness and the prince never again allowed the ring of fortune to go out of his possession. End of The Wonderful Ring by Catherine Pyle Read by Colleen McMahon